0: So take your uh, Bibles and turn to John chapter 10, okay, John chapter 10. If you're visiting with us, and once again, welcome over in the venue, and all of you that are watching online, we're just so grateful that you are with us. Uh, We're in a series, if you're new, uh, where we're going through the Gospel of John together as a family. It's been a while since we've been in it because of the Christmas season and all of that, but uh, all of the messages are kind of self-contained, so even if you... You, you, you missed a few, you know, going back to last year, everything's going to be okay. We're, we're in John uh, chapter, chapter 10, all right? Um, and look at verse 1. Look at verse 1. Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice and calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And when he has brought out all of his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And I'm going to stop right there just for a moment, because I want to make sure you understand this. In the 21st century, uh, how we we would shepherd sheep is way different than they would have done in the first century in Palestine, okay? Today, they might use dogs, and dogs would maybe go behind the sheep and kind of nip at their legs and kind of keep them all kind of corralled up from behind, basically. They didn't do that in the first century. So I want to make sure you understand this illustration that Jesus is using here. Because when you, when you understand it, it makes things click. So in the first century, let's just say I would have been a shepherd. And I would have had, let's say, 20 sheep. And the shepherds didn't lead from behind, they were out in front. And it was my job as the shepherd to help my sheep find some grass that they could eat. It was my job as the shepherd with my staff and my rod to find a little creek where the, my sheep could get some water and drink. It was my job as their shepherd, as I had my, my staff and my rod to find a place where they could lie down and you know take a nap. That was my job. And I, I've got my 20 sheep, right? Well, also running around, I don't know, was Pastor Rich Sasser. He was also a shepherd, and he, let's say, had 30 sheep. And so he would be leading his sheep, and he'd find a place for his sheep to eat, he'd find a place for his sheep to drink some water, he'd find some sheep for his, uh, a place for his sheep to take a rest, and also out there, I don't know, it's Pastor Allen, and Pastor Allen, you know, he's a, he had 40 sheep, so Allen would be out there, kind of guiding his sheep around the Judean hillsides, and, and he'd find a place for his sheep to, to eat, and Find a place for his sheep to drink a little water. Maybe there was a pond he liked to go to. He'd find a place for them to lay down and take a nap. And then, and then uh, uh, Gordon Lucas, one of our elders, he he was the big dog. He he had a hundred sheep, and so Gordon would be out there with his staff and his rod and and he'd have his hundred sheep, and he's doing the same thing we're all doing. He's finding a little place where his sheep could eat some grass, and he'd find a place where his sheep could drink some water. He'd find a place where his sheep could rest. Now, we we need to sit down and eat too. We We gotta drink some water too. We gotta go to bed too. Shepherds didn't work 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and so what would happen is, we would all show up at a fold and there would be a big fence. Imagine this room right here was all fenced in and there was one gate to the fold and I would show up and we had a hireling here. We were going to pay him to watch our sheep because we wanted to go home and go to bed. We wanted to be with our wives. We wanted to go have dinner. And so I'd show up and I'd put my... You know, my 10 sheep into the fold. And I'd shake Billy's hand and walk away. Billy was going to watch him. And then, then all of a sudden, Rich shows up with his 20 sheep and he puts those into the same fold. He'd shake Billy's hand and walk away. And then Pastor Allen shows up, you know, with his 40 sheep, and he puts them into the fold. And and then, then the big dog, you know, Gordon shows up with his 100 sheep. And now you've got the four of us shepherds. We've all put our sheep into one fold. And we have hired a guy to watch them so that we could go home and be with our spouses or have dinner or play golf or whatever it is we wanted to do. And we'd walk away, kind of get the picture. So all these sheep are there. There's a guy, there's only one gate. There's not a bunch of gates, there's only one. And we paid a guy to stand there, make sure our sheep are taken care of while, while we're home. Well, we get a good night's rest and we show up as the shepherds to the door. And here are all 200 sheep, all, they're all hanging out. And they all look alike. So I show up, only 10 of these sheep or 20 of these sheep are mine. They didn't brand the sheep back then, they didn't put tags in their ears. I would simply show up and I might even have named them all. Hey, Tommy, Billy, Julie, you know, come. Or I just make a noise, hey, hurrah, whatever. (laughs) And my sheep, my 10 sheep, they know my voice. And so my 10 would simply all start to make their way to the door because they heard their shepherd. Now Gordon's hundred, they don't care. They don't know who I am. Alan's forty, they don't. They don't care. Rich is twenty, they don't care. But my ten all make their way out because I'm their shepherd. They know my voice as I have walked around with them day after day after day. I've, I may have actually named them, and I may have called them all by name. Or I may, if I had a lot of sheep like maybe Gordon did, I would just simply say, Hey, come on, sheep, come on. And they would know Gordon's voice. His sheep would. And so then I'd take my sheep, and once again, I'd go out, find some food for them to eat, find some water for them to drink, find a place for them to rest. If A mountain lion was coming to take them all and I'd throw some rocks at them or I'd have my, you know, my my rod and I'd do whatever I had to do to protect my sheep. And then Gordon would come and, and next thing you know, the fold would be empty all day long. And at night, we'd all show back up and we'd put our sheep in there. Now that you know that, it helps When you read John 1 or John 10, I want to read it again. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in another way, that man's a thief and a robber. If you were to go to our children's ministries right now and you said, hey, I'd like to get Jimmy out of the third grade class, they're going to say to you, can I see your number? Can I see your card? And if you don't have that card, you're a robber. There's only one way you're getting that kid. There's only one way, and you got to have that number. What Jesus is saying is somebody could have showed up and said, "Hey, uh, listen, uh, hey, Rick's uh, home in bed. He wanted me to come and get the sheep." No. Not happening. Uh, you know, Gordon. He he's going to take the week off, and uh, so he he sent me here to get his sheep. Nah. You're not taking the sheep. So obviously, what would that guy have to do? He'd have to find a place and, you know, he'd have to hop over the fence and grab a sheep and, you know, run out with the thing. That guy's a stealer. He's a robber. He's a thief. Because only the real guy is going to show up at the door. And by the way, nobody's going to go, nobody can take Gordon's sheep because they know his voice. Nobody can take mine because they know my voice. Nobody, nobody. But he who enters by the door, that's the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper, he opens the gate. The sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and then he leads them out. Now here's the deal. I want you to look at uh, verse, I want you to drop down to verse 16 real quick. He says, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, Jesus said, and they will listen to my voice, so there will be one flock and one shepherd. I want to take a second before I make my one main point. I got one main point I want to make here, and I think it's really going to be a beautiful moment for all of us in here. I want you to just zero in on verse 16 in your Bibles. It's up on the jumbotrons. Um, a lot of cults have been started from this one verse there are a lot of false religions out there that have been started from this one verse where Jesus says and I have other sheep that are not of this fold and I got to bring them in also Now, to understand what Jesus is saying here you have to know who he's talking to In John chapter 10, Jesus is talking to Jews. He's actually talking to religious Jews. Okay? So in John 10, if he's talking to religious Jews and he says, I've got other sheep to bring into the fold, who would those other sheep be? How many Gentiles we got in the room? 99.99% of you? (laughs) Yeah. What he's talking about there, he's talking about the Gentiles. Those would be the non-Jewish kind of people. When you read the rest of the New Testament, it's obvious that who he's talking about is the, the Gentiles. Listen to what Paul said in Romans chapter 15. Paul said, I'm a special messenger from Christ Jesus to you Gentiles. I bring you the good news so that I might present you as an acceptable offering to God made holy by the Holy Spirit. He basically says the same thing in 1 Peter chapter 2 where he says, and I have been chosen as a preacher and apostle to teach the Gentiles this message about faith and truth. See, Jesus said, hey, there's another group out there that I'm going to bring into my fold. And what God did was he anointed Paul as really the apostle, the the the, the, the teacher to reach us Gentiles. And us Gentiles would be brought in to the fold so that there would be one fold made up of Jewish people and made up of Gentiles. One fold, one shepherd, capital S. And that one shepherd obviously is is Jesus. So hopefully that might clear up verse 16 for some of you. In fact, I had a number of emails from a lot of you or a number of you who knew I was getting to John uh, 10, 16, and you asked maybe if I would explain it, and there you go. So here's, here's my one major point, and then I got a couple sub points under that, and that's this. Jesus calls us believers sheep, okay? Throughout the scriptures, over and over again, Jesus calls us sheep. He likens us to sheep, In fact, let me share with you a really wonderful moment between Peter and Jesus that really makes the point. In John chapter 21, it says this, so when they, that's Peter and Jesus, had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And I'm sure he was probably pointing to all of the fish that Peter had caught and had brought up on the beach. Hey, hey, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than what all of this represents? All of the money and shekels and all the stuff that you can do with these, uh, the homes and the cars and, and the clothes. Do you love me more than these? Peter? And Peter said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, tend to my lambs. And he said to him again a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, then shepherd my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he had said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, tend to my sheep. Beloved, here's the deal. Jesus sees us as sheep. He likens us to sheep. Now, let me give you a few thoughts about sheep, okay? Number one, sheep are, are very vulnerable creatures. In fact, I did more research on sheep this past week than ever in my life. I know more about sheep than any one human ought to know about sheep. Um, unless you're a sheep guy. Um, so if God likens us to sheep, that, that means we're vulnerable. We as human beings are vulnerable. You are vulnerable. And for some of you, that's just, ooh, mm, just, no, I am not. God didn't compare us with rhinoceroses. You compared us to sheep, and beloved, there's a huge difference between a rhinoceros and a sheep. In fact, we got a picture of a sheep. put that sheep up there. That, that's, that's who look at that., look at that. that's you. That's you it's just, it's just vulnerable. But some of you literally think you're a rhinoceros. Put that up. That's what some of you think you are. And how I know it is because I watch how some of you live. You think you got this big horn and you can ram anybody. You can do anything you want, anytime you want, man. Nobody tells you what to do. I'm a rhinoceros. You don't tell a rhinoceros what to do. You don't see a shepherd out in front of a rhinoceros. You know, I got to protect you, you know. No. Listen. If you don't get anything else out of this, let that visual sink in. Because if you don't get the idea that you're vulnerable, then the next one isn't going to matter. You're vulnerable. That's the way God sees you. The second thing about sheep is that sheep need to be a part of a fold or a flock. As I said, if you don't realize the first thing about sheep, that you're vulnerable, then it really makes it difficult to understand, well, why do I need to be a part of a fold? Why do I need to be a part of you know, a, a group of people? Look, sheep aren't loners. They're not loners. There's a reason why the shepherd will go after the one and leave the 99, because the one is vulnerable. He doesn't have a big horn coming out of his nose. He literally can't defend himself. Sheep are kind of like together kind of animals. And you know why? Because they're vulnerable. There's safety in numbers when it comes to sheep. It's, it's harder for a sheep to be taken out by a predator when it's a part of a, a flock or, or a fold. I, I, I go home and have some fun with this. I, I uh, YouTube, I, uh, I tried to find a, a video of a rhinoceros being taken out by something. There are videos, and I, once again, I watched too many of them, where some animal was stupid enough to go try to take out a rhinoceros. And they'll show you. This rhinoceros is just eating. And all of a sudden, like a lion shows up. And the rhino, yeah, a little agitated. And the rhino, you know, kind of looks at him and the lion looks at him, and the lion makes a dumb decision. I'm going for him. And the rhino, you know, does that thing, and the next thing you know, Mr. Lion's about 50 feet in the air with a big hole in his side. And you know what the rhino did? (laughs) Went back eating, like, what was that about? That was weird. There's actually videos that you can watch where multiple lions show up. And yeah, the rhino got a little more agitated, but there finally comes a moment when the lions go, you know what? Not worth it. Not worth it. I I literally couldn't find one video where some predator took out a rhino. They don't need to be in a big group. Their skin is like leather. There was one with this lion, the, the, the male lion, because usually the women do all the hunting there. But this one male said, all right ladies, I'll take over. And he's, he's actually on top of the rhino. And the rhino kind of does one of these spinners and then it was over because <laughs> the guy fell off and the next thing you know, he's running. They don't need to be in a group. I'm finding more and more believers, more and more Christians who literally, they think they're a rhino. They don't need to be a part of a flock. They don't need to be a part of a fold. They don't need to fellowship with other believers. The church is outdated. Coming together like this doesn't mean much. I don't need to do this. I can just meet at Starbucks with two buddies, you know, and we can have coffee and talk. You see, if you don't understand the fact that God sees us as sheep, he likens us to sheep, which means we're vulnerable, then well, why, why, why do I need a group of elders that would oversee kind of my spiritual life? And that's basically what they do. They're not here to tell you what kind of house to buy or what kind of car to buy or you know what kind of tie to wear. They're interested in your spiritual life because they understand the fact that we're vulnerable. And they love to pray. It's the greatest thing that we do is to pray and to pray for you, to pray for each other. Peter said this in 1 Peter chapter 5. He said, stay alert. Hey, sheep, stay alert. Watch out, your great enemy, the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion and he's looking for some sheep to devour. Put that sheep up again. Look at that. Put the lion up. Uh Uh-oh, got a problem. Put them both up. You don't stand a chance. You don't stand a chance. That's why he says, Here's what you gotta do. You gotta stand firm against him and be strong in your faith, in your belief in the one who is stronger. Because all by yourself, I, I, by the way, this is gonna sound morbid, I googled, hey, lion killing a sheep. does <laughs> that sound horrible? Thank the Lord I didn't find anything. You know why, that'd be a boring video. Well, duh. My cat could take on a sheep. Who? I'm not even sure a lion would go after her. <laughs> She'll let That guy. Yeah, what's that thing? Well, it'd be like a snack. But it was, I mean, do, do you see what God's word says? You're that, and you got that after you. Man, you need to be a part of a fold. You need to be a part of a of a of a group. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 10. He says, Behold, I send you out a sheep in the midst of wolves. Put that sheep up again. Ah, oh, look at that thing. Put the wolf up. E. Yeah. Yeah. You getting it? You getting this, Christian? You're vulnerable. That's why we we, we need to be a part of a fold. We we, we need the church. It isn't perfect. The church is people. None of these men up here were perfect. I'm certainly not perfect. None of you are perfect. None of us are perfect. But we need each other, we need this. A place where we can come and be encouraged and be strengthened. A place where we can find friendships. It's a place where you can be protected. In fact, I have this picture of one of our home groups. Why don't you put that up? That's uh, Phil and Danny Blake's home group. And I know most of the people in that group. I'm going to tell you something. That's kind of like this. This is a fold. It's just smaller. They get together and they pray together and they laugh together and they encourage each other. The world is such a discouraging place. And unfortunately, sometimes in the church, it can be a very discouraging place. The church should be a place of love and acceptance, a place where people are being prayed for and cared for for and that in fact one of the one of the people in that group was here last night and they were telling me what what a great fold that is and last week we had a ton of people say i want to be a part of a small group the problem is we need some leaders who might be shepherds with a small s you'd open up your home and maybe that's you, we, we need some. And all you gotta do is contact the church, contact Pastor Lonnie and say, hey, I'll open up my home. Because we had a lot of people who said, man, I wanna get into a group. We just didn't have enough little shepherds, people who would open their homes and say, come, let's meet, let's encourage each other. Let's pray for each other. Let's get into the word of God together. Now the third thing is this, is that sheep can be easily influenced. Everybody in this room, including me, can be easily influenced. Why? Because we're sheep. In a flock, if one sheep kind of goes weird, what will happen oftentimes, the rest of them will just kind of follow. In fact, you can look this up. In 2005 in Turkey, there was a guy who had 1,500 sheep, okay? And one of them went over the cliff, like a 1,000-foot cliff, and so one went over and the rest of the sheep, <laughs> you know, woo! all 1,500 of them went over. Now, 1,100 of them lived. And you know why? Because there was a big pile of fluffy sheep down there. I'm serious. And they would land, bang, and, you know, get up and walk away. But 400 of them died. You can, you can look it up. And, and that's the problem with sheep is that we can be easily influenced for the good or bad. Sometimes it only takes one person, right? One person gets a hold of you and oh, everything's horrible, you know, because one person, you know, said something. I can tell you that's me. I can have a hundred people tell me great things and one person says something bad and it's so a one, oh, just, just impacts me in an incredible way. Jesus said this in Matthew 7. He said, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Whoa. Whoa. See, there are some people out there. They look like sheep, but they're not sheep. They're actually wolves. And Jesus said, here's the deal. You, you'll know them by their, their fruit. You'll, you'll know Look, look at the pattern of their lives. I look at a lot of these false teachers that are out there. They don't care about the sheep. What they care about is getting rich, buying multiple homes and multiple cars and jets. They don't really care about the sheep. In fact, most of the time, they don't even have a flock that they oversee. They fly from place to place to place to place, and they leave and come back, leave, and they're not even there to do anything for the sheep. And there's a whole, because of the internet and all of this, there's a lot of really great preachers and podcasts that you can listen to, really a lot of great books you can read. And then there's a lot of them that, you know what, just because they... Say Christian or just because they got a Bible that doesn't mean that they're they're genuine. You gotta it takes time to look at a person's life, a man's life or a woman's life, and say, What's the pattern of their life? Is that somebody who really cares? Is, it, is, is, that, is that somebody who would really lay down their life for me? Or are they the hireling at the door? It's the, it's the shepherds, small s, the, the pastors of this church, the elders of this church. We're small s's. None of us are hirelings. I can guarantee you, the hireling who's at the door waiting for the shepherds to show up, if a bear were to come down and come charging towards the sheep, he's out of there. They ain't my sheep. I don't care, man. I don't care. I'm gonna live to another day. But your shepherds here small asses we see a bear coming you know what well, we're going to stand in front of the door man cuz we we're not hirelings and number 4 is that sh- sheep need a shepherd okay we we need, we need a shepherd because we're vulnerable because we need to be a part of a a flock, something bigger than us, because we're easily influenced, We, we, we need a shepherd. And in verse 11, it says, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherds lay down their lives for their sheep. The hired hand won't do that. But the good shepherd will. Look, we're all shepherds. I'm a shepherd with a small s. But we have the good shepherd with a capital S. Our shepherd is Jesus. None of the songs we sing are about the small shepherds. There wasn't a song we sang about the elders or about the pastors or about me. All the songs we sing are about the good shepherd, capital S, We know who our shepherd is. We know. And he already has laid down his life for us at Calvary. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 9. He said, Seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. Let me tell you something. Jesus looked over the landscape and he saw people and he seized them as sheep. He knew they were vulnerable. He knew they needed to be in a fold. He knew they were easily influenced. He knew they needed a shepherd and they didn't have one because their shepherds, small s, were the religious leaders who didn't care about their lives. They cared about rules and regulations. As long as you did that, then I guess you were okay. But they didn't really love them. They didn't really love the people, they didn't really care for the people. In fact Jesus said all they did was put burdens on the people. that's what they did. And here Jesus sees a group and says, man, it bums me out. and I'm going to tell you right now, if Jesus were here, I, I think there are some of you in this room, maybe over in the venue, maybe in the cafe, maybe you're watching online and you know what He'd be bummed out because he knows you're a sheep, he knows you're vulnerable. And he knows you're not a part of a fold anywhere. Because of that, you're easily influenced. You need a shepherd. And I don't care if it's this church, but you need to find a church that you would say, you know what? I'm gonna put myself under the authority, under the authority of of, of good men, shepherds, small S's. Because we all need that. We all need that in our, in our lives. Psalms 103 says, the Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those that fear him, for he knows how weak we are. He remembers that we're but dust. Hey, he's very much aware of the fact that we're weak. I mean, he likens us to sheep, but the beautiful thing about the God that we preach here and the God that we sing to is he's caring and he's loving. The very beginning of our or when we took our offering, we, we looked at Psalms 23 and King David said this. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He, he restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me, your rod and your staff, and they comfort me. In fact, you're so great, you prepare a table before me in the very presence of my enemies. You've been anointed my head with no oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I'm gonna dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And it's that first line, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That's where it all begins, beloved. Have you made the Lord your shepherd? Have you done that? And let me tell you why King David could write Psalms 23. David could write all that. He knew all that was true because before he was the king, he used to be a shepherd. He used to have a, a, a bunch of sheep and he had a rod and a staff, and he led them around, and he would take them to, to quiet waters where they could drink. He, he, he'd take them to green pastures where they could lie down and eat. He was the one that was responsible to make sure that these little sheep that were vulnerable and nervous and on edge, hey, just relax, I got you covered. He he restored their souls. He he'd have his sheep eating. And right up there, he'd look up and he'd see a bobcat. Ha <laughs> ha, there's your enemies, guys. You just keep eating. Because I got you. They're eating in the presence of their enemy. He'd look up, maybe he'd see a bear, and he'd say, Hey, come on, bear. The sheep would keep eating. And there's the sheep's enemy. He had done it. You see, shepherds, David knew they provide, shepherds protect, shepherds guide, shepherds correct. David is saying, God, you're going to be my shepherd. You're going to be the one who does all the stuff I used to do for the sheep. I'm going to let you do it for me. Most of you in this room have already done that. You've given your life to Christ. He is your shepherd. But some of you haven't. Or maybe you have and you're running around like a spiritual rhinoceros. And today's the day to say, you know what, i got to repent of that i got to understand who who I am in the sight of the Lord and make sure I'm a part of a fold here. Why don't you all stand over in the venue. Why don't you stand? Father, thank you, Lord, for today. And man, last night, wow, I just really enjoyed the music. I enjoyed the moment with our elders. And thank you for the word. Father, it was 38 years ago or so that I I said, I want you to be my shepherd. Never regretted a day of it. 38 years ago, I became a part of this fold here at Big Valley Grace. Never regretted a day of it. 38 years ago, I... I had a bunch of shepherds with small S's, pastors and elders who loved me and cared for me and prayed for me. I've never regretted a day of it. Lord, I pray for those that are here specifically. Maybe they're over in the venue and they've been running around like a rhino. It's time to stop. And maybe today is the day they'd say, I want to join this church. I want to become a part of this family. Maybe there's some here who have never given their life to you. Maybe today that's the decision they would make. Father, thank you for that special room called the altar room. And may many go in there today and say, I want to become a member of this church. I want to just give my life to Christ. I, I don't know what their decision is, but may the altar room be filled with people here this morning. And I pray this in your name and all of God's people said, amen. Hey, live for Jesus Christ, okay?